One. Sit, said Marco. I've got something for that. Aaron took his beer to a sparse kitchen table. He'd learned to listen when his fiancée spouted instructions. Leaning back in his chair, he grasped the beer can with his puffy right hand. Margot returned with two blue plastic packs. You need to rest that hand, she said. Not push it until it breaks. She moved his beer to the side and placed his mitt in between the two cold packs. Keeping a cold compress on it will keep the swelling down and allow your body to do its thing. Silent, Aaron reached across the compress for his beer. Drinking isn't going to help either, said Margot. You've got to listen to your body when it's hurting, not drown it out. Aaron loudly sipped the lager, the only protest he cared to muster against Margot's mothering. I'm almost unpacking, and there's a few things I need to buy, she said. And I need you to take me to the airport tomorrow morning. What happened to Lynn and Eric bringing you? Aaron asked. After their first few meetings, he wasn't particularly fond of the couple. But he'd accepted they would be a part of his life once he and Margot were married. Lynn had to leave town suddenly. Family emergency, I think. That leaves Eric alone with the dogs, and you know that's enough of an excuse for him to back out, said Margot. I need you to do it. Eric definitely can't do it? I asked, but he says he just can't, she said. He's persuasive when he wants to be. What about a cab, said Aaron, knowing the answer before he opened his mouth. One of the detractions of living in rural New Hampshire was the commute to civilization. After buying all that gear, I had to put this flight on the credit card, she replied. We don't need to be spending. We need to be saving. Both Margot and Aaron were born frugal. She preferred consignment shops to Macy's. He drank cheap beer, but they were avid cavers who had recently gotten into diving. After setting a date for their wedding, the two agreed to invest in a big purchase of equipment before saving for their nuptials. They were also saving for a honeymoon in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, home to the freshwater-flooded caves of Sistema dos Ojos. At the beginner-friendly locale, they planned to embark on their first cave dives without an instructor. Okay, I'll take you, said Aaron. Margot got up and walked into the kitchen, rummaging through the junk drawer. Great, that's a big help, said Margot. I don't know how many more visits I have with Mom. She'll make it to the wedding, said Aaron. I know she will. Margot stopped and turned around. She crossed her arms and looked down. You don't know that. Aaron set aside his beer. He leaned back and looked at his fiancée. Though Margot might easily be overlooked in a crowd, she was beautiful. At a glance, straight eyebrows and a slightly large forehead made her seem plain, her oak-brown hair often fell forward across her face, obscuring green eyes and a pert mouth, and under her loose-fitting clothes was an elegant frame. He looked into her eyes. I love you, sweetheart. The hatch of Margot's ten-year-old Toyota 4Runner slammed shut. Her luggage hit the pavement. Aaron dragged it up onto the curb and extended the handle, offering it to his fiancée. Margot didn't take it. Instead, she wrapped her arms around his neck, brushing her cheek against his... Goodbye, Aaron, she whispered. Her vulnerability filled him with strength. His voice was low and resonant. He said, your mother will make it. Hug her for me. Margot withdrew from him and looked into his eyes. Her own were smeared with mascara, the only makeup she wore regularly. Aaron saw a strong woman, the one who would soon make his wife, reduced to youth, a girl again. I love you, he said.